Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We welcome you into our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, Steiny. Let, let's just get right into it. The Warriors, uh, as we record this, they've dropped 7 of 8. Uh, a more competitive performance against the Suns on Wednesday night as we record this Thursday morning. But the Warriors have lost seven of their last eight. They have now dipped to fourth in the Western Conference. They're behind Dallas. They've got Denver right on their heels. It would be a Warriors-Nuggets 4-5 matchup, but a lot still in flux between Dallas, the Warriors, now Denver, and even Utah as far as who's going to be three through six. And, and, oh, by the way, the Jazz are the next Warriors opponent. A, a lot of positivity coming out of the Phoenix game. So so let's just start there. You figure the Warriors are going to have to beat the Suns at some point. Why so positive, you think, coming off of that loss last night? I think the first thing was because they hadn't been playing well at all uh, on that road trip with the exception of the Miami game. And it just felt like they were overwhelmed and overmatched in most of those games. I thought the first thing they had to do last night, which they did, was just pick up the competitiveness a little bit. Just play harder. Uh, play with a sense of urgency. And that's what they did. I mean, you could tell Draymond Green was into it. Uh, obviously, Jordan Poole was into it. There was absolutely a sense that they had to, I don't know if make a statement is the right way to put it. But you can't tell me that Clay Thompson and Draymond Green didn't, didn't want to play hard or that they didn't take this game seriously after the way the road trip went and after the way those guys have been playing. So I thought the first thing they had to do was just, just play more, more aggressively, and they did that. Yeah, Jordan Poole, the 38-point effort, and, and he really, I thought, saved the Warriors from that game getting out of hand. I mean, they get down 12-2, and he gets hot there in the first quarter. And if he doesn't get hot, you know, 12-2 can turn into 25-8, can turn into 41-17. And then a lot of the ugliness of, of the last couple of weeks, it, it just continues down that, down that downward path. He prevented that from happening last night because of how he played in that first quarter and then was kind of keeping a minute throughout and giving him a chance even to, to win it down the stretch. Uh, he's, he's continuing to make a jump. The issue though, is it comes on a night where 
Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins specifically just are not along for the ride. And, and we've seen a lot of that in some of his better games. Yeah, I think I think the first thing the Warriors had to do is is just start playing like underdogs a little bit more because they really kind of are without Steph Curry. So that's the first thing I thought they had to do. So if they do that, that's half the problem solved. But I think the other half, and this is going to have to be done quick and on the fly, I think Steve's, Steve Kerr's got some real interesting decisions to make as the postseason starts. And my, my number one question to you would be, can Wiggins and Clay Thompson play together for long stretches? Because to me, I'm starting to see a lot of overlap there. You know, they're both, they both shoot from the outside. Uh, Wiggins goes to the basket a little more. Uh, neither of them right now are great defenders. Neither of them right now are great passers. Neither of them are great rebounders. So that's the, that's the question I have. And then if, if you got to split them up, you know, can you play with Curry, Poole, and Clay? You know, will that work? And I know Steve Kerr said earlier that he liked that threesome playing together. And so maybe they got to go those three with Draymond and maybe the fifth guy's not Wiggins or, or maybe the fifth guy's not Clay. But either one of those decisions is going to be a big decision because, hey, look, one's an all-star and the other's Clay Thompson. So you, you might have to cut one of their minutes down. Yeah, and the other part of this, a big part of it too, is the fact that Stephen Curry's going to be back. And now Jordan Poole is playing the best of the three between Poole, Clay Thompson, and Wiggins. Poole's playing the best. Well, Poole plays Curry's position in what the Warriors are doing. And you know Curry's not going anywhere, and he can't go anywhere. I mean, this whole run that the Warriors believe they can get on is contingent on Curry coming back and being Curry. Well, the next best player out of that group has been Poole lately. And so you're going to want him on the floor, but to your point, at whose expense? And I look at a night like last night where the Warriors, you know, DeAndre Ayton had 16 and 16, and I thought he left some buckets out there. Really the third game in a row in the head-to-head matchups where he left some buckets out there and the Warriors did a nice job, I I think, at kind of making him miss or making him uncomfortable at the rim when he had – but but part of that is Looney being out there. Part of that's Draymond playing center. And, and it all relates to these combinations that are going to have to be out there. I, I thought last night – and I was talking about this a little bit after the game with a couple of people. Last night was the first game. It's it's sort of that, that perfect example of if Poole's playing well and Curry is – out there because he's returned and clay thompson is awful and he was awful last night like is he just gonna be out there and and you're just gonna roll with the three of them because you can't take him off the floor or again on that night where pool's rolling and clay's not does he become the odd man out because i think you could make a case you still would need wiggins size and defense more than clay who's kind of a one-trick pony right now is he hot great put him out there if he's not hot what else is he really doing for you exactly and you kind of foretold that this was possibly going to be an issue even before clay came back you know you said look if clay is is good obviously he's going to play 
uh, and he's going to play a lot. But what if he's not playing well and he's not right now? So now what do you do? And it's game to you, game. Like, what if last night was game right. two of a playoff series? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but but you have to factor in Curry's on the floor, obviously. Correct. Like, I, like you have to leave him on the floor if Steph's not playing, just because you need you need the threat of a shooter. But you're right, and this is kind of what I mean about Steve Kerr. Will he be able to take Clay Thompson off the floor the last five minutes of a game if he has to? That's you know, and it's it's so easy to say, well, yes, of course, but it's much more difficult than that because you're right, it's game to game. So if it happens once, then Clay's going to have to deal with that. You know, Clay's going to have to. You know, he comes back and he he says, "Hey, I, this is BS. I'm one of the top 75 players in basketball. I didn't get named to that team, and now I'm not star, or now I'm not finishing games." You know, these are these are big decisions because these you know, Clay's a championship player, and I don't envy Kerr having to make a decision. I really don't. No, it's it's a it's a very difficult decision uh, for Steve Kerr to make, and it's just I thought last night when you just looked at the rotation, I, I thought you saw more of what maybe a playoff rotation was going to look like as far as you know Peyton's out there, Porter's out there, Iguodala's out there, and it's very little of Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody. I, I right. made the point on Twitter. You know, at some point this year, Steve Kerr's basically said everybody on the Warriors roster is going to be in the playoff rotation. Well, last night felt like you know, that was a game where they wanted it, and it was yep. almost a playoff test case, even with Curry out. And you really saw push come to shove as far as kind of what we've talked about for months. If is available, he's playing. Gary Payton II brings an element that they need, a, a defensive element. Right. He, he was a factor last night defensively, I thought, in a big-time way, although he gets banged up again. It, they need Porter shooting. You know, Bielitsa was a, a positive last night. Maybe he's not going to be in every game that he plays, certainly in the playoffs. But I think last night just kind of showed you, Steiny, it, it's a, it, you know, the veterans, and it goes back to this conversation about what Iguodala has had to say recently about about you know not being fair to the young players and, and maybe not being fair to the veteran players by counting on the young players for so much. There was a little bit of some of those messages kind of meeting last night, I thought, in the way Steve Kerr ran it, almost like it was a playoff game, obviously without Steph Curry. Yeah, I, I thought so too. And I, I think the one thing that's starting to happen is Jonathan Kaminga is being pushed out of the rotation. Um, and you know what? And a lot of fans are saying, well, how come? Why? He does a lot of nice things, and obviously he's an offensive player. Um, and I don't think he's doing anything wrong, J.D. I just think there's some little things that and, – and I this is kind of what Iguodala, I think, is talking about. Even though they're little things, the Warriors can't – get away with Kaminga not doing the little things if they think they can win a title. And so now all of a sudden Kaminga finds himself on a team that wants to win a championship, but the stakes are so high that they can't play him because he's a rookie and he's got, you know, it makes some mistakes here and there. Um, what those things are, you know, I think, I think Kaminga 
doesn't rebound enough for uh, for Steve Kerr. I think Kaminga's defense is wanting, and I just think there's a little like a hair of over aggressiveness to Kaminga. Like it just feels like he goes out and you know he wants to get his twenty, and he's shown that he does. He showed he really can do. Right. He's shown he can get that twenty. So that's kind of what he's putting all his eggs in. But I think if you look at this team, there there's some things that somebody's going to have to do. Whether it's you know somebody other than Draymond is going to have to guard a big and do and do it well. And I think that's why. I think Otto Porter is going to be a playoff factor. I really do. Um, and not only that, J.D., if you look at the Warriors' experience, playoff experience, outside their championship five, Otto Porter's the only guy with experience. And I was actually surprised. He's been to the playoffs a fair amount. He's actually gone deep into the playoffs earlier in his career. So I, I'm starting to think Porter is the guy who's going to play more in the postseason than he did in the regular season. He's going to be saved less, and then Kaminga is going to play less in the postseason than he played in the regular season. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Porter even plays some some center. Like there's yeah. lineups where maybe he's the fifth guy. If if you're looking for Curry, uh, you know Curry and Clay and and Wiggins and Draymond, and maybe it's Porter. But again, it all comes back to how the heck are you going to take Jordan Poole off the floor if Jordan Poole's playing as well as he was last night. Uh, you know, even that is something, and, and I want to get back into more of the, the positivity coming out of last night's game, but even that is something where, I mean, Poole's almost putting himself in a position where he's going to have to play no matter what. Definitely. And if he isn't shoot, what it like, it, it's almost the same question with Clay. Like, what if Poole isn't shooting it well on a given night? Does he become the guy that gets benched for a porter or for somebody else coming off the bench? And then is he ticked off about it because he thinks he's arrived here in this stretch without Curry or he's kind of carried the Warriors? So I think all of these things, like it's an issue if, if Clay sits, it's kind of an issue if Poole sits. I think that's why Steve Kerr, and I know that there's some numbers that back up the fact that the three-guard lineup is, has worked in a pretty small sample. But I think the big reason and, and the underlying reason why Kerr has been so open to that lineup is because it kind of keeps everybody happy. Right. It keeps him from having to piss somebody off by taking him out of an important moment. Exactly. And I do think that's... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Listen, you know, it, it, let's let's say we're heading into the fourth quarter of a game or even the last six minutes of a game, and Curry is five for 16. Well, he's still going to play the last five minutes of the game. Right. Let's say we're heading into the last five minutes of a game, and 
both Clay and Poole are five for 16 and really struggling. I think at this point, like Poole has earned the right to bring it home. You gotta pick one of them though. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's gonna be that's what I mean. That's what's gonna be a tough decision. I listen, I'm I'm not as like Poole's playing Poole's scoring the ball extremely well. I'm not necessarily sure he's as I don't know what forget. It. I don't want I don't know what he's gonna be. But my point is is I think what he's shown this year is guess what? At this point, he's got to be the guy that you do let in a game, even if he's struggling a little bit, because he does have the ability, you know, string baskets together. And the next thing you know, he goes from five for 16 and you look and he's, wow, he's 10 for 22. So he made five out of his last six shots or something like that. I, Poole gives him a dimension that they just can't discard. And that's scoring, like without anything else happening offensively. Yeah, Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz here. Uh, want to get to some of the comments coming off of uh, out of last night. Uh, Draymond Green, tonight we found ourselves. We found our competitive spirit. We found our defense. This came after Draymond said uh, the Warriors don't do moral victories because they've won so much over the, the, the last few years that, that they just don't do that. But – they found themselves uh, – Steve Kerr said Draymond played – Now that was the best that Draymond has looked. Uh, he thought the game overall was a great sign uh, given their spirit. And, look, there's some Warrior fans, Steiny, that will look at last night and say, hey, the Warriors almost beat the Suns on a night where they had 21 turnovers and Curry didn't play and the Suns had everybody. That proves – that the Warriors, if you drop Curry into the middle of this thing, are right there neck and neck with the Suns and can, and can beat them in a series. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but it, you always got to look at it the other way too, J.D. I'm looking at a team in Phoenix that came into Chase Center, shot 41% from the floor, shot 25% from three-point range, and they beat the Golden State Warriors in Golden State's building. I mean, Devin Booker was not good. He was I, I'm, with, I'm right. I'm with you on Aiton. I thought he had a bunch of in and outs. I thought that little half hook, he had a couple that were, are going to go down most nights. Um, so I, I hear what Warrior fans are saying. And I don't necessarily disagree with them, but I look at it as, you know what? I don't think the, the Suns played very, played very well. And they were able to hang in the game and then win the game late. And I also think that's a big factor, J.D., is, and, and maybe we don't want to acknowledge this. Last three minutes of a game right now, Suns are probably way more buttoned up than the Warriors. You know, they were in the finals last year. They've got 60 wins under their belt this year. When the Warriors get it together and they get Curry back, like, how are they going to execute in the last three to five minutes of a game when whatever unit's on the floor – Hasn't executed together all season. It's seventeen and one. The, the Suns in close games on the road. So you know, within Credible. five points in the final couple of minutes. Either way, and, and they're seventeen and one in those games. I also saw last night. I, I was reading through their game notes. They haven't lost a game all year when they've been leading at halftime, and they haven't lost a game all year when they've been leading at the end of the third quarter. Which I know that sometimes that's you know whatever. But it just it, it goes to show that even you know even when it may look like they're not in control or they're not playing well, 
they've got enough poise to get through it. And, I, and, and here are just kind of the quickie takeaways. I thought both teams played well last night defensively, right? No Warriors doubt. played well defensively. I thought the Suns played well defensively. I thought the Warriors for stretches were overly hot from three. I thought the Suns stunk from three. I, I thought this, like, the Suns stunk. Like, uh, you know, so whenever you say, oh, well, you did this, you did that. The Suns are going to have some, you know, they're not going to be seven for 28. And if they were 12 for 28, the Warriors would have got beat, you know, going away. And then you get into the, the discussion about the turnovers. You know, how, and it's always with turnovers. All right, the Warriors play a certain way. I get it. The length of the Suns, a lot of turnovers get, get just cast off as, well, those are just mistakes by, you know, just sloppy errors. I think it's the Suns. Like the Suns' defense gives the Warriors problem. I mean, Torrey Craig had basically two pick sixes. You right. know, like get in the passing lane, grab it, take it the other way. You know, they've just got more of those playoff ready bodies to be able to defend what the Warriors want to try and do. Yeah, and I think the Warriors are in a little way they might be caught between styles. Um, they love their passing game. They love their open offense. They love everybody touching the ball. Well, even when the Warriors had players and, pa- you know, when they went to their small lineup during their championship years, Curry, Thompson, Durant, uh, Draymond, and Iguodala, you know, that group, that group turned it over also. But they'd also have 30 assists in a game during those, those games. And now I just look at them and it's like, okay, so now you're going you're to try to play this open passing game offense, but you have Jordan Poole and you have Andrew Wiggins and you have Clay, who isn't the same player. And <clears throat> I just wonder if, I wonder if that's the best way to play with this team or might it be, let's do more high screen and rolls with Poole because, you know, first of all, that's what a lot of teams do. But maybe this, you know, this, and I've said this is not a good passing team when certain guys aren't on the floor. If Curry's not playing, they're a worse passing team. If Iguodala's not on the floor, they're a worse passing team. You know, Wiggins, I'm not, Wiggins and and uh, Clay Thompson. You know, they, I'm not saying they can't make a play here or there, but they're not passers. They don't help each other, and. You know, that's the one thing I'd be worried about if I were if I were Steve Kerr is, you know, they've I don't want to say one-dimensional players right now, but you know what? Wiggins and Clay are one-dimensional right now. They really are. And that's not going to be enough in the playoffs. No, it's not going to be enough in the playoffs. What did you think of Draymond Green last night? There was a lot, you know, again, I'm just running through my list of you know, what were the positives? And everybody was high on Draymond. Draymond w- was was pretty high on on himself in terms of, you know, the best he's felt felt physically. I, I think he has looked a step slow at times, or maybe even mentally, like he's a step slow because he hasn't been playing a lot. Uh, you know, I I didn't think Draymond played as well as everybody else did last night. I, I'll just put that rat on the table, so to speak. What did you see? I thought he was good, not great, but good. But here's the thing, JD, and this is, you know, this is, this is where I think the Warriors are going to fall short. Let's say it was a playoff series. Okay. Draymond was, Draymond was pretty good last night. 
Can he do it again on Friday? Can he do it again on Sunday? Can he do it again on Tuesday? Then Thursday. Then they win a series. Can they do it? Like, this is not. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, And that's where I start to look at Clay and Draymond mostly Iguodala's in there too. And, you know, we got to wait on Curry, but you know, are these guys going to be able to put together, you know, they're going to have five guys who play well every night of, of eight guys in particular. And I think that's where it's, that's where it's going to get tough for them. Final thought here. And we'll wrap this thing up on, on this note, just looking at the standings because Dallas has moved ahead of the Warriors. They're tied. Uh, but Dallas has the tiebreaker because of the big comeback at at Chase in at the end of February when the Warriors blew that big lead. It, it's funny you look at Denver and Dallas specifically; those two teams are now surrounding the Warriors. Right? Dallas is three, Warriors are four, Denver is five, and the Warriors don't have the tiebreaker against either team because they blew large home leads uh, in, in a month ago to both of those teams, and so. I think right now, and we know three through six, it can all shift. You know, yesterday, it would have been Warriors Nuggets in a three six. Today, it's Warriors Nuggets in a four five. Utah's in that mix. To me, the team, and I'm I'm going to say it, be, the team you want to play if you're the Warriors is Utah. To me, and the team you don't want to play, uh, to me, you don't want to play Dallas, but you don't want to play Denver because Denver's got Jokic, and Denver's got a bunch of just kind of gritty, scrappy. Guys that that I think can bother you, muck up a game. Michael Malone, I think, has shown that he can do some things against Curry to you know, not slow him down, but but make make him earn it, basically, uh, and, and a conscientious approach. Not saying the Warriors don't win a series against Denver, but I think that would be the matchup that would take the most out of the Warriors as they move forward, even more than maybe playing against a Dallas team. Yeah, I think I think. Remember, we talked about this early in the year, and then the middle of the year, and I kept saying, "Yeah, don't sleep on Utah." But I think you're right. I think that's the team the Warriors want. Clearly, they're in as much disarray as the Warriors, maybe maybe more at this point. Believe it or not, I I think home court advantage is important for the Warriors in the first round. You know, do you start thinking about? Do you really think the Warriors are going to win four straight series? as an underdog without home court, you know, those are the kind of things that, that are, that's a, that's a big ask. It really is. And, um, especially for a team that's not, you know, it's not 2017 anymore. So, you know, can you imagine if the Warriors were 41 and 13 and the next thing, you know, you know, they're playing at Denver in game one and you know, it's like, what, what's going on? You know what I mean? It all fell apart so quickly. No, I it's I think that you nailed it for me. It's all season long. I mean, we spent more time talking about the one seed right. than not having home court advantage. And, and I'll even put it to you this way, because this is something that, that I've thought about a lot as Curry has gone out and this team can't win without Curry. The Go back to what we all believe the Warriors were at the beginning of the season, because I think it's interesting how this season has played out. It played out where everything was clicking early, but eventually Draymond missed time and and it hurt him. And Clay coming back, there was a struggle there. And then Curry, who hadn't been out for any meaningful time, now is out for meaningful time. And one of the big question marks coming into the year would be, well, if Curry's going to miss meaningful time, 
you know, can they even win a game? Can they win more than one out of eight or nine? Well, guess what? They haven't been able to win one out of eight. Right. So in a way, it's odd how they've gotten to this point when you look at the record now, 48 and 29. So they're right around 50, okay? They're right around four, maybe five or six, four or five most likely. But in essence, the question was, can they be a top four team? And now it looks right. like when you take the whole 82 – with the injuries at the end, I just think we would have anticipated that it would have been more spread out over the 82, more even rather than all good and then all bad toward the yeah. end. But it's funny because, you know, there's the saying in baseball, right? 162 is going to prove who you are. And right. I think the Warriors over the 82 and the injuries are a part of it because that was such a question mark coming into it. They've kind of been exactly what the modestly optimistic, you know, person would have thought. Exactly. But you're right. When you're 41 and 13, you think we got a shot to win a title. It's different. And, and now you're seven and 16 over the last 23. And I don't care what anybody says too. And, and I get it. Clay, Steph and Draymond are champions, but there's gotta be a little bit of doubt there and they can, they can look into the cameras and say, "Look, we're champions. We're going to be. We're going to be okay. Maybe they will be, but I think right now that there's more doubt in that locker room about how good they are than ever before. There is, and I think you know it's one thing to be happy with the way you played and losing against the Suns. That's fine until you go out and maybe you don't win against Utah. Like, like at some point you have to get a win here, whether it's Utah, whether it's Sacramento and the late, like you got to get a couple of wins here. I think you, you can't just go out, you know, not winning any of these games because then I think at that point that the moral victories run hollow. Great stuff. Yep. Steiny. We'll, we'll end it on that note. We'll get through the weekend and see where the Warriors are at uh, early next week here with uh, about 10 days to go in the season. Man, our Warriors weekly podcast in the books. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 